in the studio right now. Very, very happy to have this guy in here. I, uh, I met him along the, uh, along the path. He was coming through town. I, I was available, and uh, we kind of met online, and then we worked together. It was a really great show, and since then, we've just stayed in touch, and now he is in town playing at Coconuts all weekend. Uh, Doug Candy is here. What's up, pal? Hey, guys. You are at uh, Coconuts, correct? I'm actually, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Man, no problem. Uh, I'm actually, it's weird, I'm at Fort Myers closing tomorrow night at Laugh-In. Oh, yeah. Dude, they have completely redid that place. Beautiful place. I heard new management and stuff, too, right? Yeah, and the weird thing was I was booked all week, you know, uh, Wednesday through Sunday, and then we got double book with Chris Cope. Oh, Chris Cope's awesome. He is awesome. And I, and I was like, I was the first one to say, hey, you know what, that guy's from L.A., let, you know, there's no no problem. Let him have the week. Okay. And then Bob from Coconuts said, hey, just come do Thursday, Friday, Saturday here. And then I'm going back to Fort Myers Sunday night. Okay. So it's kind of like a weird week, but it's you know it's a paid week. So Coconuts know. is uh, it's such a cool little club. And I have yet to book like a weekend there, but I, I'm, I, I have popped in and done sets. And uh, I did one. I did a, a door deal show a couple of years ago that did really well. Um, but it just has such a cool feel. It's such a small, almost feels like you're in a basement New York kind of club. You know, and that's what we went. I'm, I actually built the place. Right. <laughs> I was. Uh, I used to be a contractor, and uh, when we moved from the place down the street to that, you know, Bob was like, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, you know anybody who could help us?" I said, "Look, let me let me give a bid on it." So I went and measured it, and I actually. Me and two other guys did it in two weeks. We completely crazy. gutted it, did the floor, everything. It's awesome. And you know what's cool about that is I'm, you guys know what the business is like. Any way you can get in. Yeah. You know, any way that you can get in to where you, you know, the management likes you, especially in comedy, it's so hard, you know. Right. I was in music for 30 years. You think music's hard? Comedy is uh-huh. like, you know, Auschwitz compared to. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah <laughs> that's, bad. that's real bad. That's a good, that's a good analogy. I don't want to do comedy. You're young. I'm old. You're old. I'm also it's like torture, you know. It's awful hot on this stage. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. What? What happened? Uh, it's funny. It, uh, let's talk about that, too, because we that's a similar path for me. I got into stand-up through music. I also I sang in a band. I was a front guy for a band, and I, I grew up singing, thinking that was what I was going to do. But in the back of my head, Always wanted to be a stand-up comic. Grew up uh, where I can recite every Richard Pryor record and, and, and comedy special verbatim at seven years old, which is probably not good for That's a seven-year-old. Some states. That's fine. Okay, but, um, tell everybody, now, musician first. Like You're a rock, you're a rock and roll guy. Uh, how did you go? How, first of all, how did you get into rock you know, how did, into that scene? And, uh, and how did that transition to comedy? You know, I never wanted to be a comedian i never thought about it and never went through my head um i grew up in the rural south and uh, i started playing drums at six and guitar at eight and uh it was kind of funny there's actually some shred stuff on my page right now i did just messing around the other day but uh my dad took me to a music store after i had a guitar for two weeks and i could play uh you know china grove by doobie brothers i learned it by ear crazy so they said well we need to put this kid in full curriculum music so when I was eight years old, I went three and a half hours a day, five days a week to a classical guitar school for four years. That's awesome. So, well, it, it was, but it actually really saved my life when I went into foster care. It completely, literally saved my life. Um, but, you know, after doing and that, you know, when I went on the road with the band when I was 16, I, I didn't know you did that. I mean, these guys came through town in New Bern, North Carolina. Yeah. Where Pepsi was invented. Is that where he, Okay. Yeah. They, came, they, they were in town, a band called High Voltage, and I, I could play Eruption. 
when I was, you know, 15. Oh, that'll get you in. So that got me in. Yeah. That, that literally got me in. Um, they said, here's 40 songs, learn them by the weekend. So I learned all 40 songs in wow. five days. It was easy stuff back then, you know. Right. But, um, and I went on the road and I just stayed on the road. That's crazy. And, um, at you know, 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Dude, here's the difference. When I was 15, 16 years old, I, I was in foster care. I had a great family. Foster care was the best thing that ever happened to me. I had to be in at 7 o'clock at night. Right. Right. When I left for Alabama that first night on a Tuesday night, that Thursday, how do I say it without censoring it? Oh, we were doing drugs and threesomes. I mean, oh, I was yeah. No, you can say that. Yeah. I was literally thro- taken from this family to, hi, would you like to do an eight ball? And I'm like, yeah. Play pool? You know, that's how, yeah. you know, I was an altar boy. I was a Chris, a, a, oh, a man. Catholic altar boy. I mean, I. So you already knew about sex. <laughs> what? what? What happened? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, actually, I never went through any of that. I guess yeah, you, most of the guys I, I talked to didn't. Me, you know? <laughs> yeah, I watched that Spotlight movie, and it's like it, it makes you believe that every uh, every kid that was ever in Catholic school got banged. But every Just time, every other one, I guess Just every time every I, other one. Every yeah. time I talk to somebody, it's like, oh, I knew what was going on, but not me, bro. I'm like, we, all right. Our our father Father Jones was uh. We know I lived in a small town, fifteen thousand people. Father Jones, uh, we saw him go from Father Jones to Monsignor Jones to Bishop Jones. But he was—he was my boxing coach. He's from Ireland too. It puts you right in the face. Oh, I like that. You're ugly boy. Oh. Yeah, he was—he was really that was a horrible. Sound but, no, that sounds good. But he was—he was, he was uh, just a wonderful guy. And I think that if anybody, we heard little rumors once, and we, we think he beat him up. Oh, I'm sure. We think he beat him up and sent him away. He we probably just—he probably just beat the rumor up. <laughs> yeah, he just kicked the rumor's ass and it went away. But uh, yeah, so, yeah. so how do you go from? Uh, how, well, first of all, how long were you playing music on the road, and then how did you go from that to stand up? We did three hundred and forty nights a year for I can't I can't even tell eighteen years. Wow. I mean, of course, we had we lost people and had time off, but of course, I mean, that's what we did. And uh, after my divorce from the poop wife, number two, mm, um, you know, everything fell apart. I mean, just everything, man. I started drinking. I was never a heavy drinker. I started drinking a fifth of tequila at night. Wow. Just lost everything. I had some property, and, you know, I just really – just there's nobody's fault but my own. Rock bottom. We've, we've, we've oh, dude, A lot of people was, have been I there. Wouldn't, I wasn't even there yet. I yeah. Mean, uh, so I started doing – I started writing in 2005 while I was still playing. For three years, all I did was write jokes. Okay. I had, like, 18 books. And not one joke did I use out of it. Right. So, and then 2008, I started hitting open mics and stuff. And I tell you, man, honestly, really honestly, when I hit rock bottom, I only time in my whole life I'd ever wanted to check out. And I think the reason I started doing stand-up was to complain about it before I did it. Perfect. Now that I'm sober, I've been sober six years. December. Good for you. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Now that I'm sober and look back on it, I think to myself, wow, I can't believe the weird turn of events that got me into this because I have so much passion for what I do now. I mean, I literally, uh, this seventh year as a pro, as a touring pro, full-time seven years this year, yeah, um, has been the hardest because I'm so much more consistent. I know how to write for myself. I write for other people. You know, I'm doing good, and I just, in my head, I just don't think, I think I'm doing it wrong. So, I mean, I always hear the seven-year itch. So, you know, th- th- this year has been the hardest year yeah. in my head. It's funny um, when you say you've been doing it professionally seven years, because when I worked with you, it was probably six years ago. Yeah. And you crushed. Like, you were you were the middle act. So, 
it, it really it probably Thank says you. A, I don't remember that. I don't remember crushing. Well, that game. <laughs> I think it, I think it was when you were still drinking. So maybe it was seven years ago. But um, yeah, we met. We, as a matter of fact, I remember when you and I met. I was yeah. I was working with, with John McClellan. Yes, from Millionaire Matchmaker. Um, I got that real lucky. And then uh, I met you when I was still living in North Carolina. Yes, because I moved here. I've been here now six years. Right. So yeah, it's been a yeah. I, I mean, I did. It's been I did a while. Stand up for two or three years before I turned. Pro, I guess you want to say. Well, it, it's you like uh, it seems like, uh, yeah, you were hitting open mics and everything else, but like you, you were still performing since you were fifteen. So, oh, yeah, yeah. so you had that in you. So that's kind of a, uh, it's almost a shortcut, you know, to get you a little bit further than somebody that's just been working in a cubicle and all of a sudden they want to go to open mic. So I have so much respect for guys. And now you're like me, you're a musician. Yeah. I have so much respect for these comics that all they've, they've never done music because you know, I've got a hundred thousand hours in front of people, right? Five hours a night, drunk, high, late. I mean, threesomes. You, you no, I'm saying in front of people after you've done crazy stuff, we're, we're do five sets. We do, you know, we do 48 songs a night. That's crazy. You know? So, I mean, you can fall asleep in front of people. We get used to that. Yeah. These guys have to go up five minutes at a time. I know. You know, they might work for three years and total have an hour and a half on stage. Right. Total. Yeah. You know, I get five hours a night when I first started. So, you know, I kind of, but the only difference was, is I was comfortable at sucking. Yeah, when right? I first started, oh. I was blowing. <laughs> I like the way you On take humble, every Doug. word. He was, that well, I he said sucking, yeah. and then he said blowing, and, and then he said comfortable, yeah. and yeah. I was like, "What?" She's a bad person. <laughs> she's uh, a, she's, yeah. like, she's like my fiance. She's like, when I say a wrong word, or, right? So she's got her phone. Up, I'm going to Google this. This is not. We right. got a we got a game we play at my house. If you pause in a sentence. The word penis gets thrown in there by somebody else. So, so if you're like, uh, you know, I was watching the show last night and it was uh, penises. Penis. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, damn it. Yeah, I can't even stop to think in this house. And we do it to each other. It's, it's funny. Um, yeah, so I, I totally feel you on that. And when I started comedy, the, the great advice I got from a couple of the elders was get on stage as much as you can because you need to get – that time in you don't need to go to one open mic a week you need to find a way to get on stage and i found there was a comedy club in brandon and that's where i still live now uh, a guy named don weaver old school 80s comedian bought himself a little corner comedy club called wacky weavers and it was in the corner of like a, it was called the brandon pub at the time this place was a lot like coconuts held about 80 people in the place and i told him i said i want to go on stage as much as possible and he goes we come up every weekend you could feature Every weekend. I was like, wow, that's awesome. So I didn't realize I wasn't going to get paid. <laughs> and I never got paid. Um, and, and, and I don't regret a second of it because I was doing 20 minutes, two times a night, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, one year into comedy, less than a year into comedy. And it really helped develop me. And then I became the, one of the house MCs at the, at the improv. And that was my home club. And I told him, any I'll, any work you can give me, I'll do it. I don't care. I'll do it for free. And that's what you have to do. Let me ask you something. When you were fronting bands, did you tell jokes in between songs? That's did what you happened. Write material? That is exactly I what did happened. That. That's what I did. Yeah. My my still one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Uh, one of the best guitar players I've ever, ever known. Uh, we, we traveled. Uh, I remember we went to Nashville and everybody knew him. That's how good he is. And uh he told me, he goes, look, man, he goes, you're a great singer, but you're a comedian. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, when we're not on stage, you make everybody in the room laugh. And he goes, when you're on stage, you're changing the lyrics, you're, 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 you're clowning on people, you're, you're doing a, a two-minute set in between songs sometimes. He goes, 
you're a comic. You're you're born to be a comic. That's what you do. And I was like, I don't know. So one day he picks me up and he says, we're going to lunch. This is in 1994. He says, we're going to lunch. Uh, he tricked me into going to a comedy workshop at a place called Comedy Works. It was It's on Kennedy Boulevard in Tampa now. Now it's a gay bar. But <laughs> I did Comedy Works in Denver. Both. Yeah, yeah, at the time, it was like our premiere. This was like right around when Side Splitters just opened. Oh, yeah. So Tampa Improv hadn't even been thought of. Side Splitters was like the real big place in town. It still is one of the, the, yeah. the best places. And uh, he tricked me. He goes, we're going to lunch. He pulls into this place. We walk in. I'm in a workshop all of a sudden. And then by the end of the workshop, two hours, I'm auditioning to open that night and i ended up opening for happy cole that night oh that's great yeah so i did three minutes of comedy that i basically wrote there in the workshop and it was all memories of stuff that i had said on stage that were funny and my buddy helped me he goes remember when you said this that's funny do this and then of course looking back now it's the three minutes of the worst garbage i've ever done on stage (laughs) but but yeah that was pretty much my introduction and once once you get up there and those lights hit you and there's no band backing you up and it's just you and you're you're naked. You're exposed. And I still love that pressure. I still love having that that stress, even though I've got thousands of hours on stage now, to go up there and have that little bit of anxiety. You know, I, I did a a, a rest uh, an Italian restaurant that I love. I did Saturday night, and there's you know less than a hundred people in there, and I still get nervous. It's so crazy. You know what, dude? I I never ever ever get nervous anymore. I I, I lost it a long time ago, but. I do. I feel a little anxiety sometimes. Yeah. The, right as I'm walking on stage. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, the my, the nervous. I, I I almost I almost miss it. Right. You know, you see these open mic guys and they're you know and you're talking to them going, hey, what's up, having they're going and you're like, I kind of wish I could. I kind of wish I had. Some you of miss that? that? I miss it a little. Yeah. yeah. Extreme anxiety and distress. It's of, like skydiving. Listen, you know how I got. Someone died today. I'm never doing that. Yeah, don't. It's stupid. Zephyr Hills. <laughs> what do you mean here? In Zephyr Hill, someone's oh, parachute didn't open. Yeah, they have that recreational place out there. My buddy just did it for his birthday like two weeks ago. Is he dead? No, he's alive. Oh, okay, okay. Somebody really? Their parachute didn't open? Yeah, today. How in Zephyr you, Hills. Wait, 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 wait. You have two parachutes. Why? You- I don't know. Maybe both of them didn't open. He's very unlucky. That's like a real daredevil. He's like, I'm just jumping with one. I heard he did 250 jumps and this was the one. Oh, okay. So it wasn't tandem? There's, no, I don't think so. There's the 250 tandem. You'd be dating. <laughs> yes, you know? You're married. <laughs> I really like this guy behind me. If I have to spend a, a $200 a week having this guy jump with me, I'm going to do it. How'd you, how'd you meet him? Well, he was rubbing his thing on my yeah. back for uh-huh. 250 times. Yeah. I could have took him out and bought him I a couple of shots it. of Goldschlager. I'm now a bottom. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a power bottom. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sad. Uh, Doug Candy is in the studio with us. If you just tuned in, he is playing uh, between here uh, in St. Pete at Coconuts and Fort Myers. You're at Fort Myers tomorrow, and then Coconuts uh, yeah. Friday, Saturday. Uh, Fort Myers tomorrow, uh, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Coconuts, Coconuts on the beach, and then back at Fort Myers. But look, uh, I don't have any coupons with me, but you know I'm a big Bigfoot guy. I always have it on my thing. If yeah. somebody comes to the show Friday or Saturday and and says. Bigfoot, but in the clinical name, I'll get them two for one. Ooh, and there you go. Save you twenty bucks right there. The I want to hear. I want to hear somebody say Gigantopithecus. Yes, Homo idobrigansis. Bless you. 
Jesus. or something like that. Just yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, you're looking it up, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Different Bigfoot names. You come into the order, you say Sasquatch, Sasquatch? Homo Yeah. you know, Yeti, Homo Floriensis, Yeti, yeah. the Yarin. Uh-huh. Anybody says one of those, I'll get them into Yeah, Johnny B's first wife. My second yes. one? That's <laughs> yes. Same lady. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Coconuts Comedy Club, it is on St. Pete Beach. It's 5501 Gulf Boulevard. Um, uh, two shows each night? No. Just no, one? They're doing, uh, there's just one show, Thursday, oh, Friday, Don't miss Saturday. it then. Do not miss yeah. it. And you know what? It's a really great room. It's got I a love great it. restaurant next door. Yep. That's not too expensive. Yep. And you got the guy from Boston, uh, MJ, who owns the uh, place next door. Yeah, he's I love a, that guy. He's, he's awesome. Boston. Uh, every other word is the F word. I, well, as it should be. He's yeah, always Bill had $1,000 in his <laughs> yeah, pocket. Basically. And a Coke and five girls. With That's him. so oh, nice. A lot of hot girls working there, too. Uh, so make sure really? you- yeah, last time I was there, there was a couple, a couple of hotties working Are we in the bar. The same place? Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my, my opinion of girls is probably a lot lower than most people's. You, you were, you were doing like uh, uh, orgies at sixteen. Like, uh, to me, if a girl gives me an extra biscuit at churches, she's like the hottest woman I've ever seen. 